Today we are in conversation with Matt Bach, who is the CTO and co-founder of Voxable. And Voxable lets you design conversational AI apps. It helps teams to improve voice and chat experiences by letting them script, diagram, test, and collaborate on conversation designs all in one place. What's nice about Voxable is that they're using big language models within the app. So within their tool, you can make use of big language models and it's going to give you as a designer superpowers. Once you start using that, you will unlock a force that you did not know existed. The day of this recording was one or two days after Matt had got, had done his uh, demo day of the startup incubator that he's part of. So we talk a little bit about how that went, about how his journey into entrepreneurship has been so far, but mainly about the philosophy and the vision behind Voxable and how that's going to be a relevant player in the world of conversational AI. I very much enjoyed this conversation and I know you will too. Good to see you, Matt. Good to see you, Hans. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. No, this is wonderful. Thank you for, for taking the time in, in what I think has been a very busy week for you. Yes, uh, I, I guess let's launch into that straight away. Uh, you had Demo Day. Uh, was it Techstars, the incubator program? Yes, yeah. indeed. Yeah. We're, we're, here in, yeah so... we're here in Des Moines, Iowa. We were accepted into the Techstars, Iowa cohort. And, uh, and so. So that means you, you you got a startup, you become part of a program that's, I know, like three to six months of intense coaching and mentorship and talking to lots of investors and having a product at the end. And then you get to demo that. So tell us a little bit, like, how is the whole, what was the whole journey? What was what you're building and how did demo day go, I guess? Yeah, um, sure. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm Matt Buck. I'm the CTO and co-founder of Voxable. So uh, Voxable is a conversation design platform. Um, uh, yeah, and we, we've spent the past, uh, I guess now it's been two and a half months in, uh, as part of the Techstars Iowa cohort. Um, it's, mm -hmm. it's really been an amazing experience. Um, we're, we're definitely, I think we're, we're far more prepared to, to take on the challenge of, of growing this company. Um, we're definitely, you know, I feel like we've been <laughs> properly accelerated for sure. Um, right. we're, we're years ahead of where we would have been otherwise. Um, you know, I, I spent my career as a full stack developer before starting Boxable. Um, and so, you know, as an engineer, there's kind of like a don't, don't feed the developers mentality. We're just, we're left to write code and do nothing else. And so, um, some of the things I'm now responsible for, like, sales and marketing and <laughs> not stuff I've ever really had any experience with whatsoever, but, um, we've had some really fantastic mentors. Um, and I'm, I'm definitely feeling like we're, we're ready to, uh, to, to kind of, kind of grow, grow this yeah. in, into the company we know it can be. And, and so I guess when you start with an engineering background and, and you start this program, then all of a sudden. I guess there's things going in, there's things you know you need to learn. There's things you you don't want to learn that you're aware of, and there's probably stuff that you never even consider. So what is what is something maybe that you discovered that you were actually pretty good at that you that you'd never done before? And what are some of the things that you're like, oh I had no idea to even 
think about these things? And, and... Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. Um, I mean, I think the thing I'm feeling the like much more confident with is definitely sales. Um, I after like several weeks now of diligent kind of outreach effort, I was able to like book my first couple of sales calls this week. Major win. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> Did they give you a target? Um, uh, yes. Yeah, we've got we 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 set some fairly aggressive targets for ourselves. So like it's it's pretty much like a third of my day now is is on sales outreach. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's definitely it's you know we kind of we all have these stories we sort of tell about ourselves. And one of mine was always like, oh, I could never do sales. I'm terrible at it. It's just not my thing. Um, and yeah. I think really it was like a mindset problem. And one of our mentors was like, look, you know, you're, you're coming at this as like, you're immediately hitting people up with like, Hey, would you get on the phone <laughs> when, when really like you're, mm. you're trying to, it's about developing relationships. And so you should just be, you know, giving, you've got plenty of content. Um, we were, we were, Voxville was actually an agency in this space for the six years before we started the product. Um, so we have mm -hmm. lots of content and they were like, you know, put, put together some content, just give it away, you know, start, start making friends. And if it seems like, Hey, you could use this tool I've built, then after you've developed the relationship, then, you know, you can, you can mention that. So definitely I think sales is the one that, mm -hmm. that I've, I've grown more confident with the thing I, um, I, I guess I knew, <laughs> I knew I would need to, to get better about, but was hoping that I wouldn't was, you know, just really understanding like financial modeling. Um, thankfully we have a really great COO or colleague, Brittany, Brittany Walla, who's like managing and maintaining it, but just having to overcome my own like information aversion. <laughs> yeah. What are the inputs? What are our targets? Like, what are, what are we going after? Um, yeah. So that's, that's the stuff I feel a lot, a lot sharper on now. Yeah, so you always like hid from that important piece of the bit. I guess a lot of founders have that, right? Where it's just like you want, particularly if you're product focused, you're excited about building a product and you discover that you need to go out there and, and talk to people about the space. So creating the opportunity to sell it and then the finance is like, yeah, just don't mention the finance. <laughs> exactly. Like, I don't want to think about it. You know, when we were an agency, it's you, you only really need to land one client at a time. <laughs> it was just, it was just uh, three of us. Yeah. And so, um, you know, with a product, obviously it's, it's constant. So it's, it's a very different. And is it, uh, is it the same three people still, or how has the team evolved? And, and, uh, right now with an agency background, becoming a product company, what are, in, in team composition and, and mentality and I mean you already mentioned sort of the sales cycle that changes but the team dynamics have have, have they changed much or do you see that change or what what's something that you need that's not present in an agency yeah um, yeah so it's it's still uh, the three of us um, myself my my partner in business and life um, my wife Lauren Golombeski, who's our CEO um, and uh, a friend of ours Brittany Walla who joined us in 2017 she was she was a friend of ours previously she happened to see lauren and i speak at south by southwest um and thought hey this is cool i want so she uh she quit her job and joined joined us um and yeah still the three of us we we've now with some of the resources we've been uh given by TechStars and that investment we've been able to bring on some more engineering help which has been fantastic that's that's definitely a big need of ours um yeah so i think 
we're we we're all much kind of clearer on on what our responsibilities are going to be um and kind of uh i think we're we've really hit upon you know the the ways we need to organize ourselves and i just feel like we're easily like 10 times more efficient than we were coming into the program <laughs> yeah that's uh i recognize some of that stuff yeah it's like when you start out you have no idea what you're you're doing when you start out these companies and then all of a sudden you meet these experts that have done it 10 times to so you like oh wait there is a method to the madness and there is structure and when do you say no and keep the overview and i guess that's that's always the most to not get distracted by all the new things that you can come up with right yeah that's, that's uh, a big part so, of it for me just like yeah maintaining focus and <laughs> being ruthless about spending yeah. your time on what's important yeah, what I like now with the outreach as you're doing, I like that you say a third of my day. We always had to rule talk to three strangers a day. Uh, I used to work at an incubator, and that was kind of our thing, talk to three strangers a day. But I guess as you're doing that, you're like getting the word out, you're creating your little funnel and building the relationships, but you're also helping prioritize all those things that you might want to build in the future. So you're doing a lot of it at the same time. But you need to be aware of it, I guess, right? Yeah. So, so... Yeah, so you did. Uh, you, were you the only voice company in this cohort, or was there anyone else that, that you like butting heads against? Yeah, so there, there's one other company that's kind of they're in the you know the the broadly the conversational AI space, um, and they're called Flight F L Y T E, um, but they're uh, actually like a, a note automated note taking company, um, so you can invite them to like your meeting. Um, wow. And then get uh, a set of notes. It's it's very cool. Um, like divided up by speaker. Um, actually, that's done accurately rather than just like you know this room or whoever was on this end was talking. Um, it gives you like action items and summaries. It's, it's a very cool product. But yeah, we're the only kind of uh, you know conversation design on the like the more design implementation side company. Yeah. And then uh, how did demo day go? Did you kill it? Knock it out of the yes, park? Yeah. Yeah. Lauren did a great job. Um, she did our pitch. Uh, it went it went really well. Uh, there was a great turnout. Um, and yeah, we're we're already um, starting to get some some referrals coming in from the TechStars network. Um, and yeah, it's it's we're we're really excited about the next couple months. Yeah, turf Flowing in, that's perfect. So, so tell us a little bit. Uh, so you have the agency, and a kind of like similar story to us. We had an agency, and then we decided, oh, we need to train people. You had the agency, and you discovered the, a need, I guess, for a specific product. So, what, what were what were you encountering on the on the projects that made you see that have that little light bulb moment that is now flexible? Yeah. Um, we, we realized that there was, uh, what was missing was, was design tooling. Um, it's, it's always kind of been our mission at Voxable, uh, to, to really bring more attention to the role of design in this space and just mm -hmm. how important design is. Um, you know, conversational AI is, is different from other, other fields of, of software design and development in some respects, but in the end, it's, it's still just software, you know, that's so the same best practices apply. Um, and so we were seeing this need that the design process was really spread out amongst all of these different tools, you know, like we maybe we're creating these sample scripts and, you know, Google Docs 
and then we need to take those into Miro or something like that to, to build out a flow chart. And then I'm actually going to have to sit down across the table with someone and like do a read through, or maybe we're doing Wizard of Oz tests. And we were seeing all kinds of wild ways that people were doing that. Like one team had built like a soundboard in, uh, in like, uh, in like presentation software. So that as they were doing their Wizard of Oz test, they could like activate so they, yeah, pre-recorded sounds. And just like, you know, we really just need a kind of like a single source of truth, right? For like, this is the experience that we expect to be building um, and that the whole team can kind of like coalesce around. Um, and, and something that is also like purely a design tool. We encountered, um, you know, there are, thousands, literally thousands of chatbot builders out there now. Um, and each time we kind of used one of these tools, Lauren as a designer and myself as an engineer were both kind of confused because it was like, well, this isn't really a design tool. It's, it's meant to be a place where I'm implementing something. And as the person responsible for doing the implementation, you know, engineers don't want a drag and drop kind of flow chart interface. Usually we just yeah. want to write code. Um, you know, I'll, I'll handle the logic. Um, and so we saw this space for something that's purely a design tool, not coupled to the implementation in any way, just a free blank canvas to really envision what these experiences can and should be. Today's episode is brought to you by Conversation Design Institute, the world's leading training and certification institute for people working in conversational AI. Organizations like Vodafone, NetWest, Adidas, and many others like Conversation Design Institute because of its easy-to-follow online courses on AI training, conversation design, and conversational copywriting. It really doesn't matter if you're creating your first chatbot or voice experience or if you're already experiencing the complexities of an enterprise operation. These courses and programs will help you deliver inclusive, human-centric experiences. The easy-to-follow workflow can be applied to all conversational interfaces and help you unlock the potential of conversational AI technology. To learn more, go to conversationdesigninstitute.com. That's conversationdesigninstitute.com, and I will see you there. Yeah, I was thinking... Uh, Maybe with design tools, you know, are you creating a place for designers to now work with language or are you actually creating something for the writers to structure their work in a way that it can be built by an engineer in a chatbot or a voice assistant? I think maybe a lot of these design tools were thinking, oh, we're just designing, but we're doing it with words rather than visual components. But actually, it's a productivity tool and an organizer for people that are writers in a way as well. I don't know if that makes any sense. Yes. But... Yeah, definitely. And that's, that's the, the kind of process I was referring to earlier with, you know, the, the sample dialogues and then um, actually doing the read throughs. This is, this is the process that Lauren and I kind of hit upon, um, you know, six years ago when we got started, it was much harder to, to find good information on how to get started um, a lot of it was coming out of like the IVR industry, which while there's a, definitely a lot to learn from the IVR industry, uh, you, we had these kind of new platforms that really changed the, what was possible and, and what uh, really changed the, the, the process as well. 
Um, and so we, we were just trying to create a tool that sort of automated that, that process that we had hit upon. And so it was very uh, voice focused at first. And so just something that's as easy to use as sitting down in Google Docs, just writing out one of these sample dialogues, but then is also going to let me, once I've written that, immediately read through it, you know, go back and forth without yeah. having to create a natural language understanding model or anything like that, because really I don't need one at that point. The com all the computer needs to know is, is this person talking and are they done talking so that I can say my line. Yeah, that that make, that makes a ton of sense. And so there's sort of the the background that you identified the, those problem of what was needed. Now, who do you, yeah, who, who's going to be using this product, and who do you compare yourself with? Because the design tools is pretty competitive. You're not really there. Do you see yourselves in these, um, you know, a company that has a few mission critical journeys, or someone that has like a hundred customer journeys, and they're very content heavy? Is is there a focus or anyone that you care for more? Really, our focus is is anyone that's trying to to build software that's going to let you talk to a machine. So. We want to work for, um, you know, just the hobbyists and tinkers all the way up to um, very large enterprises. Um, initially, our kind of target that we're going after is those, those very large enterprises because they're the only ones that have really experienced this pain. They're the only ones that have, like, invested in, in building these experiences and have, are starting to put together these teams that are focused, um, you know, entirely on conversation design. Those of you who are in the space have probably seen now that there's tons and tons of job postings every day from very large companies for, for conversation designers. Um, and so, yeah, I think right now we're focused on those teams. And so we, we are starting as a design tool. Um, we, our goal is to be like the Figma of conversation design. Um, and, and I think we, in terms of like comparisons, um, obviously, we oftentimes will get compared to like VoiceFlow, which um, as like a competitor, we we don't really see ourselves as a competitor so much because again, we think like VoiceFlow is a place to to build um, what what you're what you have designed, and what we're trying to create is a place to design that. So we don't really see it so much as like should I use Voxable or VoiceFlow? It's more like Voxable and VoiceFlow, right? There's going to be a lot of different tools that we're using, and we're starting to kind of create that tool set. Um, but I, uh, I'm I'm not really aware of too many other tools in this space that are really focused entirely on the needs of the designer. But that's just where we're starting. We we see ourselves heading toward um, what we're calling like a conversation management system or comms, um, kind of like a content management system. Um, so like the place where we're not only designing these conversations, but then we also have like an open source CLI and an API. So when it comes time to do that developer handoff, this can be the place where we're also managing that content. Um, with the CLI, you can then take those designs and turn them directly into like bespoken tests for like your Alexa skill. Um, so this can turn into the place where we're designing, gathering feedback, authoring tests, you know, just the, the single source yeah. of truth for the team. Yeah, so I'm an organization. I have like a whole ton of content and all these different systems and knowledge bases and, and, and content solution stuff that I put Voxable on top of that as 
my content organizer, conversational conversation design organizer, and almost like my low fidelity design tool that I can then export to maybe a voice flow to turn it into a high fidelity design, or maybe export it to a building to like, from there I can do it. I can already push it to a production somewhere, or I can go to high fidelity. Is that the way to think about exactly, it? Exactly, exactly. And I think we're, we're also um, in, on our near term roadmap is we would like to start incorporating more of the management of the natural language understanding model as well. Um, so, you know, we allow you to, to annotate your designs with contexts. So like, you know, the user said, uh, I need two tickets to London tomorrow at 5 p.m. So we know we've had a couple of bits of context there added to the conversation. Um, and so if I can also indicate within the message, like, hey, it was this text that added that context. Well, now I have enough data to also export from my designs a first version of that natural language understanding model. Um, and, and so really kind of starting here in this, this place of being the design tool, but then also starting to encompass more of the needs of, of other folks on the team as well. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I have my core infrastructure and information layers. Now I, I get to structure that and build that and manage that, and then I can take it anywhere so i'm still doing like the heavy plumbing around the content and, and making sure everything works so that so would this even be a difference than in terms of your organization where you say they have these teams that are currently working with all these different tools would everybody on the team work with this or would there be like almost like the most senior person in a conversational ai team in charge at the end of the day of structuring everything would that person be working in voxable and then maybe his designers or her designers would be working in voice flow or bots or, or whatever like tool they might be using. Yeah. We, or, 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 do you see, or, do you, or would they have 10 people actually working in Voxable? Yes, that's, we see it more like the latter. We, we want it to be a place for as many members of the team as possible. Um, so, you know, not when you're working in conversation design, obviously you're going to have stakeholders across a large organization that are going to want to have input in, in the language that's being used. Right. So, you're going to have marketers that are going to want to come in and make sure that all that language adheres to the branding guidelines and that the voice and the tone and the persona are all appropriate for your brand. You'll have legal oftentimes that wants to get in and have maybe like an entire approval workflow, you know, that, that type of thing. So um, we really see this eventually as being this kind of central hub where you can, you know, gather yeah. all of that feedback, allow folks to have all of that input, um, and then eventually start handling things like version control, which is very, very important. You know, I want to know who made a change to this design, when they made it, why it was made. Um, very important for the natural language understanding model, certainly, because, you know, that's, that's actually impacting the behavior of the software. So I, I definitely need version control around that. Um, yeah, so, and, and I can also announce today, because we, we were just uh, approved to, to, to announce this, um, that we have an AI design assistant feature that has launched. Um, and so now you can also just ask Voxable to suggest like, hey, what, what might the user say here? What might the bot say as a response? So there's a little lightning bolt button. So at any point in your design, you just press the button and actually have Voxable suggest that for you. Um, so we'll be expanding that into like things like auto paraphrasing, 
you know, give me 10 different ways the user might say that, um, things like that. So we're, we're very excited about that kind of like AI assisted design um, and starting to see that, you know, obviously across the industry and you're going to see more and more of it, um, some really, really cool uses of, of tools like that. Yeah, and I guess it's pretty obvious what kind of technology you're using for that, but you're very, you're working hard not to say that name. Is there a reason for that, or is? <laughs> um, well, yeah, I think I think it's it, it's it's large language models for sure, right? Like, um, and I, the the it's it's more just because we don't want to be you know tied to any particular technology. Mm -hmm. um, I think uh, there's going to be it's more and more people getting into that kind of large language model um, kind of field. And so uh, we want to kind of maintain the flexibility to use the tool that's like appropriate and the one that's that's the best. Um, and uh, yeah, and also it's just, uh, it's just kind of, it's, it's fun to be vague and, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Secrets are always good. Yeah, sure. No, I'll, I, I accept that. I think that, that's good enough for now. That, so now uh, going to market, Doing a lot of outreach. What are some of the obstacles to overcome now for for you and this mission? I guess it's it's getting the word out, being secretive about it to make it intriguing, uh, positioning yourself. Well, what do you what do you feel are uh, what what are the hurdles on your path right now? Um, yeah, I think it's uh, it's our our main challenge is just growing growing this company, um, and uh, so yeah, getting getting the word out. That's why we appreciate this, this opportunity, um, you know, uh, and, uh, growing the team, um, growing the user base, of course, uh, these, these calls that I'm setting up are really more kind of on the discovery side. So just being able to have the opportunity to talk to folks that are, you know, out there doing this work, um, and like, what are the challenges you're encountering? What are the problems you're having? You know, what do you see as the, the kind of main obstacles that your team needs to overcome? Um, and yeah. Uh, yeah, we've we've definitely learned a lot. We did a lot of a lot of user research early on, obviously, since we are so so focused on design. Um, but uh, have learned just a ton over the, over the past couple of months of, of doing those calls, and we feel really confident in our direction, yeah. but also know that we've got like a, a ways to go as well. Yeah, and, and with that, so you're talking to a lot of these teams at, at enterprises. And do you feel with the problems and how they're describing it that um, that they're on the right path already? Because sometimes, you know, there's this, you know, you're dealing with culture, you're dealing with the organizational systems that they might have and just the intrinsic skill set that they have. Um, is it difficult? How, how do you assess the state of the industry in that regard and how difficult is it to say this is a problem for us to solve and for this you should probably talk to a consultant or talk to someone else yes yeah so we're <clears throat> excuse me we're definitely um you know we kind of disengaged from our, our agency clients uh over you know, a couple of months ago so definitely no longer looking to do uh, much in the way of, of consulting um, but we are certainly when we're speaking to people, giving as much advice as we can and putting them in touch with the folks that are are doing that work. Um, and mm -hmm. I think we're as an industry, we're we're just light years ahead <laughs> in terms of process at these organizations where we were six years ago. 
Um, I think there's, there's definitely much more of an appreciation of the value of design. That's why we're seeing so many more of these large companies actually focusing on it, putting these teams together, focusing on hiring conversation designers or content designers. Um, and so we're, yeah. we're, there's definitely much more of that understanding of, of that value and that importance, because I think the story of like the, the previous five, six years was a lot of these companies going out there and just spending lots of money building what ended up being the wrong thing because they, they just mm -hmm. weren't doing enough of that work. They weren't doing enough user research, enough prototyping, enough testing. Um, and so ha <clears throat> it's like, like anything else in technology, you know, we have to, we have to make the mistakes <laughs> first. And so I think we're kind yeah. of through that initial phase of making a lot of those mistakes. And now people are really focused on, okay, how do we, how do we do this correctly? Um, so, you know, that's why we appreciate what you're doing yeah. at CDI, getting that word out about, you know, Hey, let's, let's actually design this stuff before we build it. Maybe. Yeah, that I guess that's already a very, very good step. And, but, and I think that the industry is maturing that regard because a couple of years ago, people would describe their problem and be like, yeah, but you shouldn't even be having that. Pro like the problem you have, you should not even be, you know, anywhere close. Your design problem might be regarded as an engineering problem and the other way around. So it's a complete mess. So now if the industry is mature, then you, you go out and get that feedback and get people's opinions. It's actually useful information as you become more product focused. So that was like, you described six years ago to now, what do you think it's going to look like six years, six years from now? Are we going to have these, you know, dream, what, you know, the AI assistance that everybody's dreaming of, or is it just, you know, we might be able to change our own address in the chat box. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's so hard to say because I feel the, the kind of joke at Voxable is it feels like, Every year, you know, around January 1st, we're just telling each other, okay, this is the year. <laughs> it's really going to take off. <laughs> so the story of our company is always, we felt, you know, we've always kind of been a little too early <laughs> for, for the thing we were trying to do. Um, but I, I, it's, it's, so it's, it's tough to say because I will freely admit that I was, if, had you asked me this question six years ago, I would have been very wrong <laughs> in, in what I told you. Um, and so I, I think what has changed is the advances on the technology side, certainly. So those ones like we were talking about before, large language models, that type of thing, which are particularly suited to this domain. I think those early on, because of kind of concerns about really exposing them to users, um, you know, without, without any kind of human intervention, um, they're going to be more on the design side. So how can they help us think about how this, this system should be designed? But we're going to see that start to move more into the actual implementation side as well. Um, so you're seeing this in things like, like Alexa conversations. So these kind of probabilistic kind of dialogue management models. Um, so that it, yeah. it is challenging because how do we think about designing for these things? How do we make business stakeholders comfortable with the idea that like, I can't really show you, you know, what every conversation might be, but I can, I can put some guardrails around what is being said. I can make sure it's not going to, you know, say something horribly offensive, um, that type of thing. So it's, it's, it's really tough to say, but um, my hope is that we're going to get a lot closer to that kind of vision 
that we've had in this industry for such a long time of that ubiquitous computing, you know, that, that, that computing that's just always on and part of my environment. Um, and, and something where, you know, I'm not going to keep hearing the same thing I have from my friends for years, which is like, oh yeah, I've, I've got like an Alexa or I've got a, a Google home and I use it to set timers sometimes. And <laughs> <laughs> I love that though. I use it every day. <laughs> exactly. So, so I, I, I guess that's also one of the things that I mean. We just had a session here about it. Um, if I know that so much technology is changing, and I know everybody's working at it, why should I start today as an organization and not wait three years? Because I see so many companies that are overinvested. That are not that hitting a wall in terms of ROI, and I know there's going to be big language models. I know there's going to be linguistic models. There's going to be there's different approaches. They're all advancing. Should I should I jump in or should I just hold out for for two years? What's your perspective there? Yeah, I, I think the reason to get started now is kind of the same reason we're starting now. Um, so we it's we we hear this kind of pushback from folks that we talk to pretty often. They're like, are you worried that you're still maybe too early to this market? Um, and I am definitely worried about that. But I think what that gives you the opportunity to do is to meet the market when it's ready. And so like, that's going to give us time yeah. to really build out the features that we know need to be in place and hopefully kind of meet the market as it really starts to take off. And I think it's the same, same thing for these, uh, especially larger organizations. Like, Yes, the environment, the landscape, the tools, you know, what's available, the processes, it's constantly going to be shifting, but that's just kind of the name of the game with technology. That's, that's always going to be the case. Getting started now means that you can start to learn these lessons, right? You can, you can put stuff out in the market, start learning from your user base about like what's going to be the best experience so that you, by the time, you know, you have something that's ready to be out there and be released, you're two years ahead of your competitors who are now just noticing like, oh no, someone's releasing something. I guess we, <laughs> we better get started with this. So it's, it's still early. It's still really early days. So um, I think it's, it's now, now is the time though, to, to really, to get in there and get your hands dirty and, and, and start, start learning and building. And, and is voice, is voice going to be an add-on? Is it going to be voice first or is it going to be voice only? Yeah, that's, that's, that's another great question. Um, I think it's, it's just going just like we saw with, with mobile, right? It, I, I started my career around the kind of shift to mobile development and no one had, when that started, had you asked someone like, okay, five, six years from now, how important do you think mobile will be? No one would have said anything about like mobile first or, you know, <laughs> it's just like, uh, maybe, but it definitely would have been like every SMB is going to need at least a mobile website, if not a mobile app. Right. Um, and so my thinking is having, a, if not voice, at least a conversational interface of some kind is going to be something, at least for larger organizations, that's going to become expected, you know, routine. Um, I'm going to expect to be able to talk to my my Bixby, my Google Home, my Alexa to, to any large organization in the same way that I would expect to be able to, you know, pull up their website on my phone. Yeah, that, that probably makes it, that makes a ton of sense. Uh, and, I, and I agree there and we don't really know, but it is going to be, you're going to be having, every organization has conversations and a lot, 
large portion of those conversations are going to be automated. And I think that's just, and how do you want to organize that? And how do you want to design that and, and structure that and embed that in the organization? It's definitely smart to start thinking about that already, I guess. So we're kind of getting to the end of our, our time here. And uh, so people are now super excited about Voxbold. They want to learn more. Where, where do they go? What, what, do, what do you recommend? Should they shoot you an email, go to your website, go to LinkedIn? Yes. Yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn, Matt Buck. Connect with me. Um, I'm always happy to take a call with anyone. Just hit me up there. Um, and it doesn't even have to be about Voxpool, anything in this space. I love talking about it. <laughs> I can give you recommendations. Just in this space, is there, is there anything outside of this space that they can also reach out to you for? Uh, yes, I'm a musician, big music nerd. I'll talk to you about that as well. Uh, politics, anything that you want. <laughs> <laughs> and then... What, what, what instruments do you play? Uh, yes, I'm a banjo player. I play banjo, guitar, and percussion. Yeah. Okay, we should have structured this differently, man. We should have led with the intro. <laughs> oh, wait, maybe maybe you can give us a little t banjo single at the end, and we'll, we'll edit that in. I'd love that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then other than that, yeah, we'll voxable.io. You can find us there. Vox, Voxable.io. That is so wonderful. Uh, and you're going to be part of Conversation Design Festival as well. You're going to be chatting there about the product and, and sharing your story. And uh, thank you so much for, for taking the time to talk. I know it's been a busy week with, with Demo Day that you've been working very hard towards, but it's great for you uh, to catch up with you and, and learn about your story. And particularly, uh, very fascinated by the transition of everybody that goes from you know building something to becoming a business person. So how do you add to yourself rather than getting rid of a part, like a part of you needs to die, but at the same time, how do you keep it alive and structured out of a good way? So thanks for sharing that story. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Hans. I really appreciate the, the chance to, to speak to your audience. Hey there, you made it to the end. Congratulations. I really appreciate that. Uh, I know you're busy, so you've listened to a full episode. So congrats on you. Great job. So now what should we talk about? No, I'm just kidding. First of all, thanks. Second of all, if you want to learn more about Conversation Design Institute, I highly recommend that you go to the website conversationdesigninstitute.com and there you can sign up for a free account and start your learning journey. So you can learn about you know, AI training, conversation design, conversational copywriting. There's lots of technology courses. So now that you've gathered these technology agnostic skills, uh, what are you going to do next? You know, Are you going to learn about Allen app, Qbox, Raza, Cognigy. We have all these different technology courses as well. So there's a whole, whole portfolio. So I recommend, you know, going there, creating a free account, watching a few videos. If that's enough for you, great. Uh, if you want more, you can just enroll and become a certified professional. These courses are really good if you are, you know, an individual designer, writer that wants to learn about conversational AI. But if you're an enterprise and you're looking to skill up your team, uh, lots of enterprises onboard their entire team to these courses to scale them up quickly. And it's also an option to add extra workshops with that and extra coaching sessions. So you quickly get that enterprise team where you want it to be. If that's a little too much, maybe uh, there's also papers you can download on the website, maybe learn a bit about how we've helped Vodafone skill up 100 people in different countries, in different languages, using different technologies, creating the Toby chatbot in 
apps, on websites, in voice, all these types of things. So you can learn about that too. The best way to stay in touch, follow the podcast. You know, you'll you'll hear all the latest updates. Uh, say hello on Twitter. H-V-D-A-M is my handle. Stands for Hans von Damme, obviously. Uh, or just type in my name on LinkedIn. Uh, I, I post regularly. I like to engage with people there. Uh, so feel free to do that. So again, thank you so much to for listening to this podcast. You know, happy to meet again for the next one. 